Good morning, Cross Point Fellowship. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner and a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday with family and friends. Kendra and I just got back yesterday from my sister and brother-in-law's house in Eagle Lake down near Houston. We had lots of turkey, dressing, and a slice of pecan pie times three. <laughs> I love pecan pie. We had great fellowship with the time with our Lord and time with our Lord, and I pray that you had an equally blessed time with the Lord as well. Now, let me give you a roadmap of this morning following our pastoral prayer. We're going to begin to prepare our hearts for the upcoming Advent services for this year. Advent is a time when we focus on and celebrate the fulfillment of the promise of God in our Messiah, our Savior, Jesus Christ, both his birth in Bethlehem and his first coming, and our anticipation of his return to claim his bride, the church. We'll have four Advent services in December. So then this morning we will celebrate the Lord's Supper in remembrance of his sacrifice, as is the practice here at Cross Point. Then we have a special time for an announcement, a time of fellowship briefly after the service. This morning, we're going to focus on the Davidic covenant. God's promise to King David that his kingly line will remain intact. Now, you may be wondering, what does the Davidic covenant have to do with Advent? Great question. You're going to see that this morning is my prayer. We will begin with our reading of God's Word in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 8 through 16. So let me invite you to begin to turn there. We're also going to be reading from a passage in Psalm chapter 18, verses, or chapter 89, verses 36 through 37, and then in Isaiah 11, 1 through 4. So let me invite you, if you're able, to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. 2 Samuel chapter 7, beginning in verse 8. Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all of your enemies from before you. I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them, so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more, as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all of your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a, a house for my name, 
And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. A recent story in the Kingdom News, a publication, stated, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree at Calvary, and the tree of life in eternity sum up the history of the world. To understand the impact of these three trees that, that has had a, that's been on humanity is to understand the good news of the gospel. The trees reveal God's love for us in the deepest sense. Now, trees found in Scripture often symbolize growth, life, and fertility. They reflect the, ab the abundant blessings that God bestows on creation. Several years ago, our family went to visit our cousins in Northern California, and he took us up to see some of the great redwoods, the sequoia redwoods. We saw the sentinel, named for its apparent position of guarding the forest. Also, the mother of trees, that watches over, and even though damaged from a wildfire, is still considered the largest of the trees in the area. Then there was the president, believed to be over 3,000 years old. And that tree is still living and growing. It does not, does not take much imagination when you view these, these trees to see life, longevity, growth, and even in our imagination could represent in a shadowy way eternity. Because after all, these trees lived long before we did and will most likely live after we're gone. Second Samuel 7, 8 through 16 records a covenant established by God with David, wherein God made three major promises to David. And trust me, these promises, go back to what we were talking about in trees just a minute ago. Hang on. First of all, God promised that David's house, his physical line of descent, would endure forever. Secondly, God pledged that David's kingdom would never pass away permanently, guaranteeing that although the kingdom might not function at times, it would never pass away. Third, God promised that David's throne, the ruling authority that David exercised, would never pass away permanently, 
assuring that the royal descendant of David would always be available to exercise ruling authority when circumstances permitted. In that passage, God did not specify any conditions on this Davidic covenant when he established it. Thus, it is unconditional in nature, totally dependent on the faithfulness of God for the fulfillment of its promises. In this covenant between God and David, God did promise that in David, as it were, a tree would exist for all times. Like the mighty redwood sequoia, standing majestically for all, all to see for all time. This covenant was repeated in Psalm 89, verses 36 and 37. His offspring shall endure forever. His throne as long as the sun before me, like the moon it shall be established forever, a faithful witness in the skies. Compare that earlier picture of a tree, majestic, tall, towering over you to a lowly tree stump. I've recently been cutting down some trees next to our house that had died, and the stumps are there. There's no life. There's nothing there except something to tear up the mower if I'm not careful when I mow by them. A stump represents the life that has ended or even the brevity of life. In Scripture, a stump symbolizes God's judgment because of sin. In Isaiah 6, verses 11 through 13, says, Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitant, and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste, and the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. This stump, the remains of the promise made to David, is a result of the people of God turning from him and turning to the world. Their unfaithfulness has resulted in the line of kings that was promised. And it turned to a felled tree, to a stump. Now the promise that God made to David in 2 Samuel 7 and repeated in Psalm 89 were like many of the promises between God and mankind, at least in part conditional. God always calls us to do what he needs us to do, what he wants us to do, what he has commanded us to do. If we don't, there's consequences. 
If we do things that he hadn't called us to do, there can be consequences. The conditional part for David was that as long as David and his line were faithful to God, his line would continue. David's choice to commit adultery and be a part of murder of one of his mighty men, Uriah, also initially named Keth, the Hittite, created a downward spiral in that kingdom and in that lineage to the point that the third king in David's line, just a two-generational slide, resulted in one of the most evil kings ever to exist in the life of Jeroboam. Due to their continued sinful slide, the tree of this promised covenant was reduced from a flourishing tree to a stump as if it had been burned. And the kingly lineage failed due to their sin, but not a failure of God to keep his covenant. The failure was on David and his descendants. Israel was a stump, like a tree that had been cut down. Israel had been given terrifying warnings of judgment and destruction, and God handed the nation over to its enemies. But it was not final. Israel could be redeemed. Because God promised David that his house and kingdom would rule forever. It seemed this would never happen because the family of David was removed from ruling over Israel after four centuries because of the compounding evil in Israel. God tells us through the prophet Isaiah about this lifeless stump. All that was left of a once mighty tree that had been cut down. There was the appearance of no life in it. But God. But God brings forth a sprout that would bud and bring forth a righteous ruler. Now this stump is given a name in scripture. The stump of Jesse, David's father. In Isaiah 11, 1 through 4, it says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, 
with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. This righteous ruler is going to make an appearance and did make an appearance in God's perfect timing. It would be around a thousand years later when in a small village called Bethlehem that Jesus, our ruler and our redeemer, would be born. It had been close to a thousand years since God promised David that from his seed, a house, his seed, a house and a kingdom would be established that would last forever. It was a promise to David and a promise to the world and to you and me. It was a promise to David and a promise to the world due to God's plan this Davidic covenant was in fact kept perfectly. This king came from the line of David. There were years that nothing was there. That it looked like a dead stump. And God caused a sprout to spring up out of that stump. And that sprout, we believe, we know, is spoken of in John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. You see, God had a plan. His love had and is coming for us and for those that believe in Jesus will not perish but enjoy his kingdom forever. Jesus, on the human side, was from the line of David. Therefore, the king promised by God in that Davidic covenant was born in Bethlehem. Jesus. Not just the king, but the king of kings. Now hear this passage again from 2 Samuel. This time, put the understanding of what God was saying to David that he was speaking of Jesus in a prophetic way. 2 Samuel 7, verse 12. Through 14. When your days are fulfilled, speaking of David, and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you. Jesus. Who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. Jesus. He shall build a house for my name. Jesus. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Jesus. And I will be to him a father. And he shall be to me a son. That's Jesus. 
this, my dear people, is our Lord, our Savior. The absolute completion of this Davidic covenant, it's Jesus. Today we look forward to Advent. It's a time to celebrate the coming of the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus, our Savior. As we move through this coming season of Advent, we will rejoice over the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love provided by Jesus, who is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. He is the shoot sprouting out of the stump of Jesse. If you're here this morning and you do not have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, I ask you, if God is working in your heart, either come find one of the elders after the service or a deacon or a life group shepherd or the person sitting next to you or in front of you or behind you, I promise you there are people here that would love to share the truth of the gospel with you so that you don't have to walk out of here and not know Jesus as your Savior. Please be encouraged to do so before this day gets any older. Please pray with me. Fathers, we come before you this morning. We thank you for your promises being always true always fulfilled, always completed. We thank you, Father, that in this time, as we begin and we are even now celebrating the coming of our Lord during this Advent season, that we look to Jesus as that completion, the sprout, that comes out of the stump of, Je of Jesse from the lineage of David as our King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, again, I thank you for what we've seen this morning, what we've heard of the, of the National Adoption Day. May we continue to pour into the lives of families in our fellowship and in our community who are fostering and adopting. Father, we love you. We trust you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.